the thing is, many customers these days don't want points and want more flexibility on how they can use those points. And a lot of customers don't want credit cards. And so that platform for loyalty is evolving and we see we're playing that role in that evolution. Welcome to the Payments Powerhouses podcast, where we discuss current trends with the movers and shakers in the fintech industry, brought to you by 2C2P, Asia's leading payment solutions provider. Hello everyone, I'm Suhan, your host for this episode. Our guest today is Hamish Molin, Managing Director of Financial Services at Shopback. Hamish is a veteran in the fintech, previously holding key executive positions at PayPal, Zip and Visa. Welcome to the show, Hamish. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I want to start off with your background. I've noticed that you started your career in finance, where you once worked as a derivatives trader, as well as a fund manager. You were also involved in e-commerce during your time with eBay as well. Tell us a little bit more about your career evolution. How do you end up switching to fintech and payments? I do have quite a mixed career path. At that time, I was an equity analyst. I was looking at other companies, doing analysis on them, but I felt like a commentator. I wanted to be in the game. So that's sort of why I moved out of that and ended up, frankly, starting a uh, fintech actually in 2004 that Mm. was doing mortgage processing through API services to banks. But 2008 caused some challenges with the financial crisis. And then I ended up at eBay. It was a very fortuitous sort of meeting and ended up there as their finance director, CFO. And it was the best job I had. I loved it. E-commerce was really growing. I really enjoyed what eBay was doing in terms of moving from an auction site to a B2C site. And I never thought I'd go into payments. I watched the PayPal team and I thought that's the boring side of the business. But I ended up there somehow. (laughs) I had an opportunity. It brought me to Singapore. Mm -hmm. And so I joined PayPal and eventually then went to Visa. And that was a very exciting time too. Visa was really evolving their business. Having worked with banks for 40 years, they were looking at how could we work with fintech going forward. And my job was to lead that and work out for Visa how we could service that part of the market. Is there any particular factor about payments that you attracted to that brought you towards the space? Yeah, I think I learned a lot at Visa mm-hmm. about how things were evolving. And it was probably less about payments and more about, hey, we're seeing these new companies forming. And you know, we did a lot of analysis on which ones were doing what and what was really happening. But what we realised was there was companies coming out and challenging the status quo on banking. And they started in certain areas, profit pools, for example. So you saw the early ones were foreign exchange, the Revoluts and TransferWises, and they came early and they, they saw a huge opportunity in cross-border trade and FX that had been very expensive. And I'd say that the buy now, pay later proposition is really a repricing of risk. It's saying everyone's not the same. We can do things differently for some people. We need a fairer and more transparent solution for smaller credit. Mm. And so that really started to grow. And I think you're now seeing the next one, which is different ways to manage assets or stored value. And crypto is an example of that. Blockchain and tokenization of assets is the next sort of big one as well. You mentioned you started off back in 2004. I guess back then there wasn't really fintech. You were there even before the term fintech was coined, right? That's correct. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I look back at it now and say it's fintech. PayPal was fintech too, right? Yeah. It was coined later, but, but I've been in fintech for a long time. In your current role as the Managing Director of Financial Services, can you share with our listeners a bit more in terms of what you do exactly? 
I'm accountable for what we call financial services, but ultimately at the moment it's pay now and pay later of our sort of core financial services products. But we do think differently and it's much more about an integrated experience. So we're bringing together our loyalty and rewards platform with the ability to pay that closes the loop on transactions for customers and for merchants. And so for us, it's not, hey, there's a financial services business over here and there's a demand gen or a, or a loyalty and rewards platform here. We're bringing those things together. And so I work hand in hand with Joelle, who runs the other part of the business, to bring this experience together. That's why I joined Shopback, actually. It's been exciting times for Shopback recently with your successful race earlier this year and the launch of Shopback Pay, as well as the move to your HQ office back in July. What are the important milestones or developments for Shopback which you are particularly excited about or want to highlight for Shopback this year? I'll touch on the fundraise. I mean, we're very proud of that given the current environment and, and it's a sort of testament to our business model and belief from our investors that we're not traditional fintech we have something bigger and better and, and so we're very proud of that fact of course the new campus is actually really good it's an old school and um often i get cabs to the office and the driver will say oh, i went to school there and they're fascinated by it i almost want to invite them in and show them around. it's a little bit of history right yeah yeah so, so we love that it's really brought the team together post-covid so the environment and the culture we've created at Shopback is something we're proud of uh, in terms of business i think you know we launched pay now in Singapore early in the year. That's been very successful for us and it's grown very strongly. Over 10,000, or there's 4,000 uh, points of presence now in Singapore uh, and we've launched Australia as well. So that's one. The other obviously was the acquisition of Hula and the bringing together of, of our platforms so that we can round out solutions for merchants in other verticals, more retail focused. And we fully integrated that experience. So not only we buy Hula, but it's now fully shot back and so that took some effort to bring the whole team together the tech together everything and we did that in rapid time so we're very proud of that and it's given us a great leap forward for this year great i would love to talk more about your solutions later on but first i want to cover the fundamental business of Shopback. your co-founder joel explained it has Shopback being like a middleman an agent helping brands or merchants market and grow their business could you further elaborate on this at its core we're the leading sort of cashback rewards and loyalty platform across Asia. And we have 35 million customers across the Asian markets. It's a well-established business. It started with a traditional affiliate model where we were driving traffic to merchants and for that we got commission and provided benefits back to the consumer. And so that was the genesis of the business. And we've added lots of more features and things to that, vouchers and challenges and other things to the platform. What's most important is we moved to in-store. And so, you know, what was an online business is now increasingly an in-store business as well. And so the payments part of our business was really to close that loop and help us take what we do very well online to the in-store environment. Was the in-store part of the plan or was it formed organically? Like what motivated the move? I think there was a little bit of organic yeah. movement there. I think we did very well in online mm. and it was a natural progression. Some of our merchants as well said, hey, could you help? And certain verticals, we could do it very quickly. The food and beverage side mm. of our business, we're doing a lot of things to drive traffic online and we moved that to in-store and it's been very successful. So, you know, it was a fairly organic shift. It made sense. 
Yeah, as a consumer, I really enjoyed it as well because sometimes when I spend an in-store, I get a ping from the Shopback app saying, hey, you just enjoy your cashback. So that, that's a, a great product. Uh, what we did was we allowed you to link your card, any card you had, in the Shopback app. And then when you use that card to shop at a merchant that we had, offers and deals automatically credited to you and you get that surprise, which yeah. is a, a text message that suddenly says you've saved some money. So mm. you know, it's a great product for our customers. And also, I think it's such a competitive e-commerce environment, right? How do you nurture strong partnerships? Yeah, I think the competitiveness of e-commerce is partly why we exist in the first place. So we're not a retailer or a marketplace ourselves. Our role we see is to help companies and brands in particular get access to customers directly. And so we've packaged up you know, a lot of marketing tools and things that our merchants can use to access our customer base. And the key to our business and, and engagement there is the account management of our merchants. We work very hard with them to understand their goals, understand their, the marketing that they're trying to do throughout the year, what they want to achieve, and then we target solutions and packages for all of our merchants. Mm-hmm. And I read that with over 35 million shoppers across 8,000 merchants in Asia Pack, are there plans for a larger geographical expansion for ShopBag? We're always looking at what new markets might make sense and in fact we will be launching another one soon to make it 10 it's nine now um but we're also cautious our focus is very much on asia we don't look at other markets so today our bigger focus is expanding our reach in the markets we're in and then adding these new solutions to the platform with your current coverage what are some of the notable differences in shopper behavior and expectations given a diverse range of markets we have in this region Ultimately, we're all the same. Consumers are looking to buy the things they need or Mm -hmm. love at the best value. And I don't think that really differs from where you are. Mm -hmm. And equally, merchants are all trying to grow their business, get more customers, increase loyalty and conversion. So at that level, things are very similar. I think the things we notice that are quite different in Asian markets, particularly with online, is the dominance of some large marketplaces in some of these markets and so the likes of Shopee Lazada Mm. um, I mean a a huge percentage of some markets e-commerce is driven by these platforms and so brands have less access directly to customers and that's one of the areas focus on is how do we help brands Mm. get direct to their consumers through our platform. What are some of the sort of strategies you are you have implemented to help the brands? You know, we do work with the platforms themselves on solutions for brands that work with them to get access to our customer base through an affiliate program. And so we work very hard on those programs. The other things we do is we obviously have direct engagement with a lot of these brands and then we package up solutions for them that it's either always on cashback and then we do very targeted marketing to our consumer base. We talk to them about what segments they're after, why they're after them and how we could access them. And then we help them do that. Could you explain the types of financial services Shopback offers? You mentioned a little bit of Shopback Pay Later as well. I think it'd be great if you can elaborate more. It's a broad definition. At the moment, I think the three sort of products that fall under that are these card-linked offers. Being able to link your existing payment credentials or your cards, debit and credit to Shopback uh, and then enjoy you know, shopping experiences in-store and getting cash back or or other rewards is one. As I said, we've rolled out QR payments, so shop back pay, Mm. that also comes with cash back. And we've focused that very much on the food and beverage industry. 
the ones that we can help drive loyalty. It's really a loyalty platform, actually, more than a payment solution. I mean, our merchants know how to get paid. Mm. This is really about repeat purchase and, and engagement. And then the final one is pay later. We have that service now in Singapore, Malaysia and Thailand. And so they're the three. But as I said earlier, I think we think a little differently to a wallet or a standalone mm. pay later business because of the integration with our demand gen platform. And so we by no means look at a financial services business and our demand gen business as separate. And, and I think that's what is unique for us and something that we're making sure that this bundled proposition is valuable to our customers and our merchants. Yeah. So out of the three, is there one in particular like you guys are starting to push or any particular markets you are pushing the product more aggressively? We're leaning a lot into pay later now. What we've done with pay in Singapore has been successful but at the moment, it's very focused on the food and beverage segment. We will expand that um, this year and going into next year. But pay later is a big opportunity for us. We have, as I said, 35 million customers, so many shoppers. We have a million shopping trips a day mm. that Shopback drives in other verticals, fashion, travel, home, electronics. And we know that pay later is something consumers want when yep. they're on that shopping journey. And so for us to expand into those verticals more heavily, and given we have a strong customer base in those already, adding pay later is a big focus for us. And how's the pickup so far in Thailand? Uh, early days, it's literally a month, but it's been um, surprisingly good, actually. I think there's a real need in a market like Thailand for a solution like pay later, where there's less access to traditional forms of credit. You know, we see the behaviour in Singapore of hey, you must have a deal and a sale attached to the pay later transaction for anyone to use it. It's not true in other markets. Well, it's not as true because the core value proposition of delaying your payment is enough. And so we're seeing take up there without the need for all this promotional. Interesting that you say that because it made me realise in Singapore, in a way, we are all kind of spoiled because there are so many payment options and everyone's fighting for the consumer's attention as well. So there are always some kind of promotion going on. And some other players haven't helped sort of train the market very well. <laughs> so I think if you backtrack a little, I was involved very early in Afterpay and, and when that rolled in Australia, there was no need to do any offer mm. at all. But consumers love the proposition of being able to delay the payment, but most importantly, the commitment that they're going to repay. They saw it very differently to credit. It was much more around a budgeting solution. It was available at a lot of merchants they shopped at and it became sort of a, a way people like to pay mm. and it gave them control over their finances in, in a different way. It had very transparent fees and so it took off without the need for promotional activity. So speaking of environment as well, I guess, like you mentioned, the last couple of years has been really competitive for e-commerce apps. The digital transformation has sort of changed customers' expectations. There's now more demand for personalization, experiential rewards, and non-transactional engagement. How do you see the future of cashback reward programs and loyalty programs evolve? Yeah, you, you touched on a number of things there. I think personalization is something all e-commerce players and even brands who have their own sites and even in-store experiences are, are getting more personalised and I think that trend will continue and we're investing a lot in the right segmentation and a activation and personalisation of experience. So we're spending a lot of money in that space or a lot of time and energy. In terms of 
the comment around cashback rewards programs and loyalty, what's the evolution? We're very excited about what we're doing. If you look back in history, you know, the big programs were airline point programs. And so, you know, airlines started with points based on their own transactions and you could get points to get future flights and then they worked with the banks to add it to credit cards and it became a points program for cards and then they expanded it to merchants and built merchant networks that could use their points programs. The thing is many customers these days don't want points and want more flexibility on how they can use those points and a lot of customers don't want credit cards and so that platform for loyalty is evolving and, and we see we're playing that role mm. in that evolution. Our research shows that customers want much more immediate gratification and some immediate cash back, even if they store it in their wallet, is much more reflective of that. The fact that we aggregate many, many merchants' offers is a benefit to the mm. customer. They can aggregate all those things and then they can use those points to buy things anywhere. Yep. And so it's a much more flexible solution that's more aligned to the future, right? It's instant gratification. Consumers are more prone to these days. And do you see blockchain or AI being utilized for this as well? Obviously, blockchain solutions are going to continue to grow and, and they're going to find their use cases. I think the big one at the moment for us is tokenization. It's a form of mm. a similar solution where you're bringing together identity address and a payment credential and bundling that into a secure token and then allowing consumers to use that token where they want Mm. is a really interesting development. It hasn't fully played out yet. Apple Pay is a good example of a tokenized product, you know, shop pay with Shopify and and shop back pay later and pay. But I think if you could stretch that further, we're building our own tokenized ecosystem Mm. and we'll share it amongst people in our network it hasn't gone to what if there was a completely decentralized one mm-hmm. that everyone could use? And blockchain could solve that problem, but we've got a way to go for adoption. So does that mean Shopback is also looking at, you mentioned blockchain is crypto solutions, like is Shopback going to accept crypto as well? We are obviously looking at it. We do look at how crypto is being used and whether you know it's just a store of value at yeah. present or whether it really is a transactional means of transferring money for the types of transactions we do. As that sort of takes off and gets more stabilised, we'll definitely be adding crypto. Not just crypto. Uh, like I think I mentioned earlier that the, sort of these phases of foreign exchange, risk, repricing risk, this idea of tokenising assets in blockchain, forget the cryptos themselves, but other assets will go down this road. And I think yeah. we'll see a lot of people investing in storing and moving assets through blockchain. Like you mentioned, the decentralization efforts or the decentralized environment will allow so-called wall gardens to be taken down so you can utilize those assets across different platforms as well, which is all at the end of the day what the consumer wants. They want more flexibility, they want more customized, they want it instant. There's some really great things happening. Like uh, in Australia, there's a company that's tokenized carbon credits Mm -hmm. and now you could only trade in those if you're a very large corporation or a broker. And now individuals can own carbon credits and move them around. There's good examples of real assets. So it's really exciting stuff. And next, I want to talk about cashback and retaining brand loyalty. I read something recently that points out that uh, based on a recent survey, Gen Z consumers between 10 and 25 years old, they want a new type of brand loyalty experience and that cashbacks are losing its appeal. What do you think about this statement? I'm not sure that's true. I think they do want a 
broader brand experience and you see some of the most innovative brands around the world really building brand experiences that resonate to bring their customers back. So that's definitely going to happen. But I think other methods, cashback, using platforms to target certain customers at certain times to do you know peak promotions, these things aren't going away. And so we think that you know, retailers are going to continue to want these solutions, whether it's cashback or other rewards solutions. And customers want to aggregate these in one place too. So there's only so many apps you're going to have on your phone. I think we see that as converging even more. Yeah, I would love to have an app of all apps rather than 10,000 apps on my phone. If you had to become a member of every retailer you shopped at, it becomes pretty complicated. Yeah. <laughs> Early on, you mentioned Shopback has already moved into in-store retail presence. Is it currently available across all 10 markets? No, it's not. The main ones are Singapore, Australia, Malaysia, Thailand. And we may have car-linked offers in one or two other markets as well but we will look to try expand that we think the in-store opportunity is huge what's interesting to me and i'm relatively newer to Mm. the loyalty and rewards side of things in the payments but as an industry we've solved some of the attribution models for online commerce and how you can drive incrementality and prove it it hasn't happened yet in-store at the same scale and we think we can help solve that problem and make sure that we can drive incrementality and engagement for consumers in an in-store environment as well as online. Are you currently exploring or running any pilots or initiative on that? We have a number of solutions like location services so you can push out notifications when someone's in a certain place Mm. and so that sort of helps, for example, drive a customer into a store or consider something whilst they're shopping. And so those sorts of things we're, we're scaling now. And then we have other interesting things like pre-commits where people can sort of commit to buy something in the future interesting yeah and for that they'll get a discount and then we show this to the retailers and market to the customer and that helps bring them in store as well so so there's some interesting things we're working on i think with the in-store component it sort of opens up the possibilities as well what you can do with the different ecosystem right we believe in this so much in certain circumstances we've actually pre-bought sales off merchants yeah. to show them we can bring them demand and then we bring the customers in after that it's a bit out there but it's you know it's been very helpful in us building some credibility on it what kind of products if you can share interestingly the first ones we've done in that is in food and beverage so as we rolled out shop back pay we even said to some merchants that we'll pre-commit and show you that we'll bring customers and so that was a, a really good mechanism for us to show the power of the platform and get some merchants engaged and it's also sort of changing the way or introducing a new way of offering a, your solution or product to the consumers as well, right? They can pre-commit before yeah. they, they buy it. It's kind of a form of SMB financing in a way, but yeah. the repayments come from the customer. And so it's a very interesting model and something we're looking at. So in that aspect, like what kind of benefits would the merchant be able to enjoy? They can better plan in terms of the sales or they will get able to get upfront payments. Is that how it works? Those merchants are the ones that are most engaged with us. We work joint marketing campaigns and how we will segment customers and push things out for them. Um, At what times of the day, for example, do they have lulls and want to to do things? What times of the year? And so the benefit to the merchant is we get very tailored with them on when and what they want to do. 
And it can be quite seasonal as well, depending on the time. You can drive different promotions or campaigns. Yeah, and that's yeah. what we work on annual campaigns. You know, we stagger them out over the year and then we work with merchants and, and understand the timing of their campaigns as well. So I guess we've been talking a lot about cashback and shopping. Are you a big shopper yourself? I'm probably not a big online shopper. I worked at eBay for five years, so, so like you kind of get it drilled into you when you're there to the point where I always start with looking online first. And I may or may not buy, but online's huge for me. I'm also time poor, so you know, if I can do it quickly on my phone, I'll do that rather than going down to the mall. Do you recall what was your last purchase using ShopBank? I know it was something for my bike because I buy a lot of that stuff. It's, you know, you have your interests and, and those things get you. So I definitely bought something for my bike on Lazada. I see. So I guess outside of work, outside of shopping, what, what do you do for fun? Well, cycling, as I mentioned, is one of my things. I enjoy that here in Singapore. Got a good bunch of mates. And then the other is when I can hang out with my uh, kids. They're in Australia, but I do enjoy getting home and uh, going surfing with my son and sailing with my daughter. Nice, nice. And I guess with that, we have uh, reached the end of the, the interview session. So thank you so much, Hamish, for your time. Thank you very much. It's been great. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook or Twitter. To read more about this conversation, go to 2c2p.com slash blog.